0: Welcome to the Preaching Ministry Podcast of Mount Pisgah Baptist Church in Easley, South Carolina. Our goal is to exalt the Savior, evangelize the sinner, and encourage the saint through faithful exposition of God's Word. I hope you brought your Bible with you. If you would, grab it, and let's find the book of Luke, Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, we started a series of messages last week through uh, the first couple of chapters of Luke as we consider the Christmas story. Last week, we saw the story of Zacharias and Elizabeth and how joy overcomes despair. You'll remember the angel Gabriel showed up there to Zachariah and said, Zachariah, I know that you are well stricken in age, Zechariah, I know that Elizabeth is barren. I know that physically, physiologically, biologically, it appears that there's no way you will ever have children. But Gabriel said, I came by to let you know your wife Elizabeth is going to conceive a child. We said these were people that were absolutely devoted to the Lord. They were devoted to their God. Zechariah was functioning in the office of a priest when Gabriel showed up to him. They were people that were just. They were people that walked with God. They were devoted people, but they also had a dilemma on their hands. And this dilemma was the fact that they could not have children. And it was a reproach for a woman in that culture that could not have a child. And they found themselves devoted believers in the midst of a great dilemma. But we see how God came through And their dilemma turned to delight when Gabriel came and Elizabeth found herself pregnant with who was John the Baptist. It was a miraculous conception. Today, as we pick up where we left off last week, Gabriel is going to show up again. And Gabriel is going to make another birth announcement. But this time, it's even more miraculous than the last time. See, he's gonna come to a young virgin girl from Nazareth and he's gonna announce to her that she will have a son and his name would be Jesus. Now, we hear this all the time in Sunday school, sitting in church at Christmas time, but I want you to consider for just a moment and and try to go there in your mind. Here's Here's a young girl who is approached by an angel that says, you're going to have a child. It's going to be Jesus. Can you imagine the emotion that she felt in those moments? And I'm sure, based on how Gabriel responded to Mary, that fear was one of the emotions that Mary experienced. But Gabriel had a message for Mary. And I believe it is part of the Christmas message. And that message from Gabriel to Mary was this, fear not, fear not. Truthfully, that is the message of Christmas because as we will see today, Gabriel shows up to Mary and says, fear not. The angel comes to Joseph in a dream with a message and that message is fear not. The shepherds are out in the fields and the angels show up to them and say, fear not. So this morning, I want us to consider this two-word title of this message, Fear Not. And what I wanna do is show you at least three reasons why we, even at Christmas time, can fear not. Let's stand together and read the Word of God together. Luke chapter one. We'll begin reading in verse 26. If you're there, would you say amen? amen? And in the sixth month, this is the sixth month that Elizabeth has been pregnant with John the Baptist. The angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. Bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great. He shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be? How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? The angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Let's consider this morning, fear not. Heavenly Father, speak through your word now Is our prayer in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. No doubt fear has been part of the human experience since the fall of man. There in the garden when Adam and Eve fell, fear, and death entered into this world. But many of us have fears. Some of you are likely afraid of spiders. Some of you may have a healthy fear of snakes. I was sitting in my driveway having a conversation with a fella yesterday, and we talked about one of our fears that we share, and that's the fear of elevators. How many of you are fearful of ed- elevators? Joy, you better raise your hand. We talked about it yesterday. Okay, there's one, there's two. Anybody over here? I see that hand. Yes, I see that hand. I know where every back set of stairs are in every hospital in the upstate. Because I just, there's just something about. Now, if there's other people on there, I feel a little more comfortable to step on. But let me just tell you something. Preacher ain't getting on an elevator by itself. It just ain't happening. Why? I don't know. It's just one of those fears that I have. I I don't know what's going to happen to me when I'm on there by myself, but I don't plan on finding out either. So we have some crazy fears, but then there are some real fears that people deal with in life. And sometimes those fears kind of rise to the surface during this time of year. At Christmas time, we run into Financial fears. And we're fearful over our financial situation because we feel the pressure to spend money we don't have to impress people we don't like. If you don't, well, never mind. Fear, we have fear, I'm not going to get hung up right there. Fear of your financial situation. We often have a fear of meeting everyone's expectations. Some of you already have a nervous tension in your gut because of some family interactions that could potentially happen. Well, so-and-so's coming this year and there's always some fireworks when he or she shows up. Okay, about four of us are being honest in here this morning, but some of you have that fear. Some of you ladies are fearful that you'll have enough food prepared that everybody that's going to show up. And will it taste good? Some of you have a real fear of this being the first Christmas that you'll spend alone. A fear of it being the first Christmas that there's an empty seat at the table. But today I want to express to you from the word of God that hope overcomes fear, and hope is only found in Jesus Christ. And I want us to investigate very quickly three reasons that we should not fear. And I think we can find that right here in the text. So notice with me, first of all, the sovereign's plan. The sovereign's plan. Do you know that there's a sovereign God in heaven that has a plan for your life? I'm talking about a God who has need of nothing knows your name and has a plan for your life. The Lord said in Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 11, I know the plans that I have for you, saith the Lord, plans of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. Mary is about to hear the plans that the sovereign God of the universe has for her life. And the sovereign plan of God instilled even some fear inside of Mary. So notice with me as we consider the sovereign's plan. Notice with me, first of all, Mary's plans. Now, if you look at verse 27, the Bible says she was espoused to a man whose name was Joseph. Here's a young girl, somewhere between the ages of 13 and 15, and she's got her life mapped out, man. She's met the man of her dreams. Joseph and she are betrothed. That's a legal and a binding arrangement that in order to break that up would we require a certificate of divorce, she's getting ready to marry the man of her dreams. Can you see, Young Mary. She's getting her hope chests together. She's getting her invitations together. She's making uh, that list of all the things she wants everybody to go to Pottery Barn and buy for her, right? I mean, she. Is the Pottery Barn even open anymore? Is that still something? Okay. Pier one, right? Is that that one? That ain't one? Okay. Well, you know. But she's looking to marry this man, Joseph. She's awaiting the arrival of her bridegroom. (laughs) Consider with me just a minute the, the excitement that she has in her soul as she is looking forward to making this covenant with this man that she will spend her life with and Mary was looking for her happy ever after. But Gabriel shows up and completely changes her plans. You ever had your plans just completely interrupted by God? You thought, boy, I got this thing mapped out I know exactly how this is gonna go. I, I know the plans that I have made and I'm gonna pursue those and, and I've got it all mapped out here and then God says, no, you, you don't. I got a different plan. And what you will always discover and it sometimes doesn't and isn't discovered until later, but God's plan is always better than your plan. Even in the moment when we don't see it, Mary has no idea what's happening here yet. Mary just has had an angel show up and say, you are highly favored. You are blessed of God. And Mary's going, what is he talking about? But the plans for Mary's life are about to change. And listen, just as a sovereign God had a plan for Mary's life, he's got a plan for your life. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. There's Mary's plans, but I want you to see Mary's purity. Let me say something real quickly about Mary. People often take one of two extreme views when it comes to Mary. Some might magnify her so much that Jesus would take a second place, others would ignore her and fail to give her the esteem that she deserves. But according to Scripture, in verse 28, The angel Gabriel comes to her and says, Mary, you are highly favored. This is a woman that walked with God. The the Lord was with her, a woman of high moral character. Verse 27 tells us she was a virgin woman. Verse 34, she says, how can this be for I've not been with a man? And I wanna handle this carefully, but I wanna handle this. And I know it sounds old fashioned, this is an old fashioned Bible thumping preacher sometimes, but listen, the scripture still says that physical intimacy is to be like this, a man and a woman inside the bonds of marriage, and that's it. There is no other. I know that sounds old fashioned today. But outside of one man and one woman inside the bonds of marriage, that is called fornication. It is a violation of God's command and it is not God's plan for your life. Her purity. I mean, this is a girl that is pure before the Lord. Pure with her fiancé. This purity also reminds me of a prophecy that was told some 700 years before any of this took place. Because a sovereign God had a plan for Mary's life when he said in Isaiah chapter seven, and verse 14, therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. We see Mary's plans, Mary's purity, but notice with me, Mary's pondering. Now in verse 29, It says when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying. Now, he hasn't said anything about the fact she's going to have a baby yet. He's only said to her at this point, you are highly favored and you're blessed among women. And the Bible says she was troubled wondering what type of salutation this was. And so what Mary's fear at this point is, is often one of the fears we sometimes share, and that is the fear of the unknown. But we know what God's plan is for Mary because he is writing her story and that same God is writing our story. And I would say to you this morning, if you feel like your plans have been interrupted, your plans have been turned upside down, it's not working out quite like you had hoped and you find yourself in a place of fear, the message of Christmas today from the sovereign God of this universe is fear not because God's plan is going to come to pass for you. You can fear not today because of the sovereign's plan. Secondly, you can fear not because of the Savior's payment. You say, Pastor, the Savior's payment. I don't see Calvary anywhere in here. Oh, but it is. In the middle of this story, where Gabriel comes to Mary, we can experience what I would call the fear not when it comes to our eternity. I can assure you this morning, sitting inside this worship center, some watching online, when you consider your eternity, fear begins to grip your soul. And that fear comes because you either know your eternity is going to be one that is separated from Christ forever in a place called hell or fear grips you because you simply don't know and the message of Christmas is this fear not consider with me a couple of things about the Savior's payment notice first of all his name his name look at verse 31 and behold thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name what Jesus, say that out loud, shall call his name? Jesus. Jesus. Gabriel said, Mary, you're gonna conceive. You're gonna have a son. And that son is gonna be called Jesus. The name Jesus means this, Jehovah is salvation. Jehovah is salvation. In Matthew 1 and verse 21, it says, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sin. Acts chapter 4 and verse 12 says, Neither is salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And Jesus came that we might have life and that we might have everlasting life. He is the Jehovah of salvation. So, In the middle of this Christmas story about a virgin conceiving the savior of the world who would save the world, can I ask you a question? Why are you planning on spending eternity? And does that question invoke any fear inside of your soul at all? If so, God has a message for you today. Fear not, for there is one named Jesus who came to save you from your sin. He's a virgin born savior of the world and his name is Jesus. The songwriter said it this way. No guilt in life, no fear in death. This is the power in me. See, you can fear not because of the savior's payment. We see his name, but we see his fame. Look at verse 33. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom of his kingdom. There shall be no End. See, he's gonna inherit the throne of David and he's gonna reign forever and forever and forever. We sang that song last week, and he shall reign forevermore. These verses show us that God is a God that comes through on his promises, and we know that Jesus is soon returning. He's enthroned in heaven today, but that's not David's throne. There's coming a day when Jesus Christ is going to return to this earth. He's going to establish his kingdom right here, and every promise that has ever been made is going to be fulfilled, and Jesus will reign, and you and I will get to reign with him, how long? Forever and forever and forever. So why should we fear? Why should we worry? Because Jesus Christ, he has a plan for your life, and his plan for your life is better than your plan. He, he, he tells us to fear not because he's the savior of the world. And so this morning, if you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and savior, the virgin born savior of the world came that you might know him and have your name recorded in heaven and spend forever with him and then come back and reign forever and forever and forever with him. Why should we fear not? Because of the savior's plans, man, or the sovereign's plan. He's got a plan for your life. Why should we fear not? Because of the Savior's payment. And then thirdly, why should we fear not? Because there's supernatural provision. Now we can fear not because we serve a God that does exceedingly abundantly above all we could ever ask or think. Notice with me as we walk through this story. The angel Gabriel says you're gonna conceive in the womb You're gonna bring forth a son. You'll call his name Jesus. He'll be great. Shall be called the son of the highest. The Lord shall give him the throne of his father David and he'll reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Watch verse 34. Then Mary said unto the angel, how shall this be, seeing I know not a man? I have preached many messages on the virgin birth of Jesus. Let me just say this. If you don't believe in the virgin birth, then you don't believe in the Jesus of the Bible. And if you don't believe in the Jesus of the Bible, you're not saved. Because we don't get to make up a Jesus in our own image. He's the Jesus of the Bible. And the Bible tells us that he was virgin born. And so here's Mary who says, wouldn't you love to watch this interaction? I I just think back to young Mary, man, and she goes, how can this be? I'm going to conceive a child. I've never been with a man. There's Mary's puzzlement, or the puzzlement of Mary And she asks that question, how shall this be? That puzzlement turns to a promise when the angel answers her in verse 35 and says, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. There's a promise. And I, I'm sure Mary didn't understand all of this. And, and I'm sure fear was still one of those emotions that she was experiencing. But, but the Lord said, the Holy Ghost is going to come upon you, and you are going to bring forth a virgin-born son. And the puzzlement goes to a promise. But then there's the proof of a miracle. Not only the puzzlement of Mary, there's the proof of a miracle. It's almost as if Gabriel says, well, let me tell you about your cousin Elizabeth. Verse 36, and behold thy cousin Elizabeth. She's also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. Gabriel says, let me tell you about, let me tell you about your, uh, your cousin Elizabeth. You remember her? Oh yeah. Well, she was barren. Oh yeah, she's, she's old as dirt, Gabriel. I mean, there's no way she's gonna have a baby. She, I mean, Zechariah's old too. I mean, that, that, and Gabriel said, I just want you to know something. Elizabeth's pregnant. Matter of fact, she's six months pregnant. And it's as if the Lord through this angel Gabriel said, I'm gonna give you some proof of the power of the God you serve. Because Elizabeth is pregnant. So what does Mary do? Okay, ladies. Let's just say you're 14 years old in that culture. An angel just showed up to you and said, you're going to have the Savior of the world. And by the way, just... To make sure you know I'm telling you the truth, your cousin Elizabeth, she's pregnant. If you're married, what you gonna do? I'm texting Elizabeth, right? I mean, we're we Snapchatting with Elizabeth going, hey. Right? And Elizabeth is going. Mary takes off to see Elizabeth. And I love this, man. Verse 39 says, And Mary rose in those days and went in the hill country with haste into a city of Judah and entered into the house of Zechariah and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And she spake out with a loud voice and said, blessed art thou among women. She's heard that before. And blessed is the fruit of thy womb. How'd Elizabeth get this stuff? And Whence is this to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me. Boy, there's so much in that. For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in my ears, The babe leaped in my womb for joy. When Mary showed up at Elizabeth's house, John the Baptist is inside Mary's womb, or Elizabeth's womb. And as soon as Mary speaks, who has the darling Son of God that is in her womb, speaks to Elizabeth, we know what John the Baptist does. Now, some of y'all think Baptist theology means you gotta stand there, be quiet not say amen, not move, not do anything, but the Bible says when John the who? The Baptist got in the presence of Jesus, he began to leap for joy. He began to just have himself a spell inside the womb. So I think it'd be all right every now and then when God showed us a miracle that we just had a spell outside the womb, amen? You say, God gave her proof of a miracle. Can you you show me proof of a miracle today, Pastor? Oh, I sure can, you're looking at one. You're looking at one. I was lost, steeped in sin, a religious zealot, on my way to a devil's hell. But then Jesus Christ came by my way one day. And he revealed to me my lost condition. And he said to me, I love you. And I gave my life on the cross of Calvary for you. And if you'll repent of your sins and put your faith and trust in me, I'll save your soul. And May the 29th of 1999, I bowed the knee at 3 and 20 Baptist Church and said, Lord, I'm tired of playing religion. I need a relationship with you. I repent of my sin, put my faith and trust in you. in the best way I know how, Lord, I'm gonna allow you to live your life through me for the rest of my days. And at that moment, everything changed. What happened, Pastor? A miracle happened. Salvation is the greatest miracle to ever take place that God would look down and see us. Somebody said, I don't know how a loving God could send people to hell. I don't know how a loving God could love somebody like me. The greatest miracle that'll ever happen in your life is that you go from being dead spiritually to being alive spiritually. You say, there's, there's some proof of that. Oh yeah, it's all around you. There's a the puzzlement of Mary, the proof to Mary. And I'll give you this real quickly and we'll go to the house, or we'll go to grow group. Notice the provision of the master. How's this gonna happen? How, how, how's this gonna happen? Look at verse 37. For with God, say that next word out loud. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Here today and you find yourself in some sort of fear. I want you to hear loud and clear this morning. With God, nothing shall be impossible. It seems that your plans have gotten messed up. But it's just a God over in heaven writing your story. And man, when you get a chance to see that story from the other side, you're gonna say, boy, God, I'm glad I waited on your plan. The sovereign God of this universe is writing your story. And it could be that he's interrupted your plans today. And maybe you need to find a spot on an altar and just say, Lord, you know, I thought I had it all mapped out. But it ain't working out the way I thought it was. And I know you're up to something. And Lord, I just pray you'd give me wisdom and discernment. And pray you'd help me to see where it is you're taking me and what it is you have for me. Because Lord, to be honest with you, sometimes I have the fear of the unknown because I don't really know what you're doing. There's that song that says, uh, I don't... I don't know what you're doing, but I know what you've done. It could be you need to find a spot in an altar and just say, Lord, help me understand this. Some of you today are fearful of where you're gonna spend eternity. And Jesus loves you, died for you. This morning, if you don't know where your eternity is and God's dealing with you about your soul, I want you to stand up in just a moment. When we do, make your way to the front. Put your hand in mine and just make this statement. Preacher, I need to be saved. Whatsoever he says unto you during these moments, do it. You serve a God that specializes in the impossible. And if you need him to do the impossible in your life today, why don't you come talk to him about it. As we stand to our feet all over the worship center, Jeremy's going to lead us in a song of invitation. If you need to do business with God, now's the time. You come as we sing. Lord Jesus, speak in this moment is our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for taking the time to listen to the Preaching Ministry Podcast of Mount Pisgah Baptist Church. If you'd like additional information, please visit mtpisgah.cc.